Hey, my name is Bill Gagne with Speed River Contracting, and in this episode of the SRC Toolbox Podcast, we talk to Keegan Agressi from Cornerstone Trade Solutions about everything hot water tanks. Now, before Keegan goes off the rails and nerds out about tankless hot water systems, we talk about the different types of hot water tanks, signs you need a new hot water tank, how to maintain your hot water tank, and of course, tankless on-demand hot water systems. I've known Keegan almost 10 years, and both he and Cornerstone Trade Solutions have always been a great resource for everything plumbing for me. So without further ado, let's talk to Keegan. What I wanted to talk about was basically kind of like a beginner's guide or a, a new homeowner's intro or discussion about their hot water tank. So I want to take it kind of from the perspective of imagine I've lived in an apartment my whole life. I've just bought a house and I'm sure since you've known me a long time, it's not hard for you to believe that I know very little about hot water tanks. Why don't we start with what What do I need to know about my hot water tank if I've never dealt with one before? So if you've never dealt with one before, the most important thing to know is its age. And the age of a water heater can be found by looking at the rating plate. The rating plate is a sticker, typically white, but sometimes other colors, with a large number of information on there and it is on the side of the water heater. It's usually like six inches by six inches, so the size of your palm, or size of your hand. And so say I, I go check this out, I'm like, it, it tells me how old it is. You know, if it's new, I guess I have no concerns. What else do? What else is that sticker gonna tell me? Is it gonna tell me who installed it? Is it gonna tell me, how, of course it'll tell how big it is, correct? It will give you the make, the model, the manufacturer's name, which is important, because you'll actually probably need to call the manufacturer to get the proper date of manufacture. The unit doesn't have like a date stamp right on the unit. You actually have to call them, give them the serial number, and then they will tell you how old it is if you're looking for an exact date. But that sticker will have things like the size of the unit. It will have information pertaining to the type of unit it is. There are three common water heaters, electric, natural gas, natural gas atmospheric vent, and then natural gas power vent. They may also be propane, depending on if they're in the city or if they're in the country. Propane is typically in the country. Why is it important for me to know how old my hot water tank is? So it's important because a hot water tank, just like all other devices in your home, has a limited lifespan. And on soft water, you're looking at about 15 years as a like healthy maximum. If you get 10 to 15 out of the water heater, you're pretty happy with that. You didn't get a lemon. If you're under 10, you're slightly peeved because it probably should have lasted a bit longer. But as you approach that 15 years, you really do want to think about replacement before you have a leak, which is the worst thing that can happen with it really is. Either the water shuts off and you no longer have hot water at all, period, or it ends up leaking out the bottom and onto your floor, potentially damaging a finished basement if you have it, etc. Say I have a leak. What's my first move? Uh, so your first move, if you have a leak, will probably be to reach out to a plumber and get their advice on the phone specifically to your case. If you're on the phone with them, you can give them information like, is it leaking from the top? Is it leaking from the bottom? Is it leaking from the side? Those all have different things I would advise a client to do with their water heater after we've been told that. Some of them are more urgent than others. And again, 
the plumber can give their advice as to which way to go with it. If there's something catastrophic, it would be to turn off the valve, which is directly above the water heater. All water heaters have a shutoff valve, an isolation valve. And then you would turn that off above the water heater to stop, or not to stop, but to prevent the leak from getting any worse than it already is. Let's say I don't have any issues. I bought this house. I don't have any issues with the hot water tank. What, what type of maintenance am I looking at? Should I have somebody come in to look at it right away just to t- tell me like, hey, is there anything I need to know about this? And then what type of servicing should I have done as part of the maintenance or is there any required? So there's definitely maintenance. And I would say that 95% of the population of, of, uh, of Canada does not do any maintenance on their water heater until it is needed until it's required by you know either it's leaking or it's not producing hot water or you know etc i would say you're kind of in two camps so like you go down in the basement you check out your water heater for the first time you find out how old it is and let's say it's like five years old the next thing you're probably going to want to do is to run the hot water at a tap and see how hot it gets and then potentially looking at the settings on the water heater to see if it's Maybe it was put in vacation mode because they were selling it and they didn't want to spend too much energy or expend expend too much money on the water heater while it sat there for two months. I didn't even know you could put your hot water tank on vacation mode. Right. So there's actually different settings on the water heater for how hot it's going to get. Now, not all water heaters have vacation mode, of course, but the newer ones, certainly five years old, 10 years old even, would probably have a vacation mode on the gas valve. So checking that to make sure it's actually producing hot water. And then while I'm running the hot water, I'm gonna go back down to the basement or back over to the water heater and I'm gonna listen for what's called popcorning. And if the unit sounds like it's making popcorn, you have a calcium deposit issue. It's not necessarily an immediate replacement or anything, but it's definitely something to be thinking about because as soon as you have that popcorning, you've got a mineral buildup and you wanna start clearing that out by installing a water softener. Where does that calcium deposit come from? I, I know here in Guelph, we have hard water and that's its own problem. I think we're getting into another topic that I was really interested in talking about. Say, what are the signs that I need a new one, a new hot water tank? Because I mean, it's not a cheap thing to deal with. You know, I'm, I'm going to spend over a thousand bucks to buy a new hot water tank, depending on what I'm getting. I probably want to know what I'm getting into, or, or at least do I need to save for this or what it's, what my horizon is for my hot water tank so maybe we could talk a little bit about that yeah so i mean you're looking at at least a thousand bucks for like an electric and you're probably looking at more like two thousand for a power vented so it's it's not an inexpensive replacement in least i just wanted to go back to the maintenance because i i didn't actually talk specifically about that yet was a device inside of the unit which is called a sacrificial anode rod now that's pretty much the only maintenance insofar as like the specific what is maintenance part of owning a water heater would be to change out that anode rod every year to two years. Now if the hot water tank is too old, trying to change out the anode rod now is probably not going to work because the threads will be stuck and it will never come out anyway. But if it's new enough, under five years, even under seven probably, you could probably get that thing out and put in a new one. And what a sacrificial anode rod does am i doing that am i calling a that plumber would be, to do that 
That would be a plumber's job, I would say. I mean, you're going to need some specialized equipment. You'll need a specialized socket size and a breaker bar at least two foot long to get that sucker out. If, it, if you are a handy guy or gal who has that kind of equipment already, it might be worth doing yourself if it's just a quick YouTube video and, and uh, some, some muscle, then go for it. But I would say for the vast majority of people, hiring a plumber to do that job would be the right idea. You're looking at something like 175 bucks for a service call to get that thing changed out. And the purpose of it is in the name. It sacrifices itself to the water in order to protect the rest of the tank. Now I mentioned that the tanks start leaking, you know, after 10 to 15 years. They start leaking because water is aggressive and starts attacking the actual tank itself and degrading the components therein. Especially if there's hard water, then it's even faster. Now the, the anode rod is there to take that beating before the tank takes that beating. Now the anode rod lasts for about two years in typical Guelph water for sure. Maybe three, but chances are less actually. Especially here in Guelph. Guelph, we have very aggressive water. <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. Yeah, yeah. So that that's maintenance. Well, I mean, there's there's clearly something we're talking about here that's that's an accompanying thing to your hot water tank is, and it's probably an, a topic for another episode is, do you have a, a, a water softener, right? If you live in, in Guelph or an area Correct. with hard water, your hot water tank is only as durable as how disciplined you are with your water softener upkeep because i mean you and i have talked about it i'm not so great at filling my water softener all the time but anyway <laughs> that's that's another that's another topic right. so yeah the, what i wanted to talk about is like going to what you said servicing so does this mean if a plumber is going to be changing this anode am i calling a plumber every couple of years to come out and say hey can you come out and service my hot water tank or what's my what's my next move here yeah if you're if you are keen to you know have your hot water tank last longer changing out the sacrificial anode would be the way to go and to do that i would say 95 percent of the population should be calling a plumber if you're the kind of person who's like you know what i'd like to see it once maybe call a plumber the first time and then watch a couple youtube videos acquire some equipment and then you could possibly change it out yourself and if that was the case you might even change it out every year instead because the rod itself is not actually that expensive. It's it's just the time and the skill to do it, right? It's the labor and time and skill, yes, to do it. The vast majority of people don't do it because their unit is a rental. Actually, that goes back to the first thing you want to look at is, is your water heater owned or is it a rental? Because if it's a rental, everything we've just discussed to this point is moot. If it's a rental, your rental company is going to take care of it. And if there's an issue with it or you notice popcorning or whatever the case may be, you're calling your rental company and they're going to service it at their cost. What are some other signs? You mentioned popcorning. What are some other signs that your hot water tank is kind of getting to the end of its life? I mean, we've discussed age that, you know, you want to be 10, 10 or 15 years, you know, now you got to start thinking about a new one. Uh, you're starting to hear popcorning from calcium buildup if you have hard water. Uh, what are, are there other signs that, you know, if I'm downstairs and my freezer's down there and I walk by my hot water tank all the time, is there anything I should be looking for? Other than leaks, no. There's, there's nothing else visually that you're going to be able to inspect. 
or even auditory that you're going to be able to inspect about the hot water heater. The only other thing I could say would be if if your use of the hot water does not change, as in it's averaged across your normal use, but suddenly you're running out of hot water, there's probably something going on. And usually it goes hand in hand with the popcorning. It will go hand in hand with mineral buildup in the tank. Typically that's the reason why it starts to lose hot water. Or there, there's different kinds of tank, right? I mean, I have a hot, I have a tankless hot water system. What are the differences, say, between me using or maintaining a tankless hot water system versus maintaining a, you know, the regular drum type hot water tank? And this is, I'm asking for me because I haven't maintained, I yeah. haven't maintained mine <laughs> in five years. <laughs> so now you're talking about the differences between a bike and a car. The tanked hot water heater is the bike in this analogy, and the tankless is the car in this analogy. The tankless hot water heater is so far and away different than a tanked water heater, other than they produce hot water. I would say that's the only real connection that they would have. A lot of the new tankless water heaters today, they have internal pumps, they have internal buffer tanks, they're going to have bypass valves, they're going to have primary and secondary heat exchangers. They are a completely different beast in every way, shape, and form. So maintenance on a tankless is actually even more important. It, it can't be ignored. You can ignore your tanked water heater and have it last 15 years. You can't ignore your tankless hot water heater and have it last 15 years. I feel like you're judging me right now. And I'm talking about... <laughs> Yeah, and I'm talking about in Guelph, right? Yeah. So it's very similar in that there is a maintenance. In this case, it's a cleaning. It's a pump on a drill with some hoses and a couple buckets with a a specialized liquid, which is then pumped through the water heater in order to clean out the primary and secondary heat exchangers. We talked about the popcorning and the and the buildup of minerals in your tanked water heater. Well, the same thing happens in the tankless water heater, but it's even more detrimental because it binds to the heat exchanger, which is just a series of very, very small tubes, and causes hot spots. And if a hot spot becomes too hot, it will just melt and burst. And now you've got a oh. leak pouring from the unit. So now that we've established that I do not maintain my hot water tank, uh, <laughs> does this mean I need to call call you guys and get somebody in to do this? Or is this something I can do? Or wh- what's my next course of action? Because now I'm nervous because I've had it five years. Yeah. I've done nothing but turn on my hot water and turn it off. <laughs> so I know that you, I know your system specifically, you have a softener and a softener is going to again, lengthen the lifetime of a unit like a tankless hot water heater. I'm going to stop you right there, Keegan, because you're well aware that I am not very disciplined at using my my water softener. (laughs) So let's imagine that I just got a water softener and just started using it regularly. Now that I want to maintain this tankless hot water softener, not that I didn't want to, I had kids and they interrupt your whole life. I want to get into maintaining it. So I I actually talked to uh, another guy who had you guys put in a tankless hot water system and he 
filtered it himself. He used vinegar, I believe, and then had the pump. But he was saying like, it's a two hour ordeal and he did it on his own. And I'm like, okay, do I really want to go that route or do I want to pay somebody to take care of something that is, I mean, a, a tankless hot water system is much more expensive than your typical hot water tank, but it, it saves you more money in the long run. What are the maintenance ideals? Do I call you? Do I try to do this myself? Because you mentioned with the anode, I don't want to do that myself. I mean, I am a handy person and I, I don't even want to do that. I think it's the same as the anode. It's, you know, you can definitely do it yourself if you have the equipment and the know-how. It's, it's not the kind of thing that even requires a license or, you know, is, is rocket science. It's a couple buckets, a, a drill pump, which you can pick up at any hardware store. Yes, you can use vinegar. I don't recommend it because it's not going to do the job that it's meant to do. They have specialized liquids designed specifically for cleaning hot water heaters. They're biodegradable, they're food grade, you know, like they're meant they're meant to do exactly what they were designed to do, which is clean your hot water heater. And the liquids are not that much more expensive. Like a like a jug of vinegar is like ten bucks and a jug of cleaning fluid would be something like twenty five thirty. So there's two routes to getting a new hot water tank. Let's just say, hey, we show up, the I've got popcorn going on, I've got water on my floor, and I'm like, I need a new hot water tank. What are my options in terms of getting one in term for for instance for payment, you know, lease versus buy, and then do I want to what are your your pros and cons of getting your typical drum versus a tankless? So I would start with tankless are amazing. Uh, if you can afford it, buy a tankless. <laughs> they're just so much better. They, they, they're just like you went the right route. And, and I'm, I know that it's paying dividends for you that, you know, you're recovered half your gas bill, if not more. You know, like it's it's a very good investment. However, you are right. It is we, we say it's double. If you're looking to pay for a standard power vented water heater, which I would say a vast majority of people in Guelph have, you're looking at two grand. To get a tankless, you're looking at four. So your first question for yourself is, you know, what can I afford? What's my budget for this? Normally what we would do, I should say not normally, but in most cases, nine out of 10, we're doing what's called a straight swap. If you've got an electric, there's a reason you have an electric, and we swap it for an electric. If you have a power vent, we're swapping it for a power vent. If you happen to have an electric and you're looking for more efficiency and willing to pony up to the $2,000, you know, you could probably find a way to jump from an electric to a power vent, gain some efficiency, certainly gain some like drawdown time where you can actually fill up a tub instead of it going cold by the end. But there's a lot more variables involved in jumping from an electric to a power vent. If you have a standard power vent, getting to a standard tankless in terms of feasibility is 9.5 out of 10 are a go-ahead, no problem. Typically, there's some considerations to be made, like there'll be some gas work that has to be done. There'll be some water lines that might have to be upgraded. There'll be another set of there'll be another set of um, venting holes out to the side of your home, but again, most of that can be is feasible. Just kind of gleaning from what you're saying, jumping from an electric hot water tank to a tankless might be a little more 
cumbersome to do. If you have an electric water heater, it means you don't have gas to the home or you know propane to the home potentially so that might mean actually getting a propane tank out getting a gas guy or a gas fitter to drop a manifold into your house and those things on their own can can be upwards of two thousand dollars again it's a very complex equation as to which way you go but i would say nine out of ten people are doing a straight swap mostly because it's cost prohibitive but I do find a lot of people will jump from a power vent to the tankless, which is why I was focusing on that, because we actually do see that happening. Right. Can we dig into the, the economic one? Because we alluded to that a little bit earlier when you were talking to me, and I know the benefits. Like I've seen my gas bill drop from, say, over 100 bucks a month to I get billed $62 every month, you know, the standard billing. And then I would say once every three to four months, I get a bill that's like negative $4. Yeah. So I'm not paying, I should probably go back and dig into this and look at what I'm actually paying and that would be valuable. But I know there's multiple months in a year where I am getting a credit for my gas bill. And that's been a huge plus because even though I'm paying more, to, I paid more to buy the unit, it's five years old, I'm saving I was saving close to $50 a month over five years. You know, that's, what are we? Five times 50, that's 600 bucks times five. I've saved three grand in in, in gas right. bills just because of that. So it's been awesome. And, and I mean, that's, you know, it's an anecdotal situation for you specifically. And, and I think that's a very important thing to bring up is that, you know, your particular situation, it was even more beneficial to go to, a tankless water heater. Everybody's case is going to be slightly different. I would say that, you know, everyone is going to save some amount of money. Some of them are going to essentially pay off their unit in five years, and some people might take 10 years to pay off that unit. And it comes down to, again, a huge number of factors. Even the incoming water temperature. Mm -hmm. So in the winter, your temperature of your water coming into your home is actually lower than in the summer. And that will have an effect on your gas bills. And it will be noticed or be felt even more when you have a tankless hot water heater because a tanked water heater is heating water all the time. Tankless water heater only heats water when you want it. It's, it's otherwise named an on-demand system. And it means that you can gain an enormous amount of efficiency, especially if you're doing things where you have very, very small amounts of water that you want to draw at, you know, very regular intervals, which is most families with kids. You're not drawing a bath every single night, you know, and then doing that three times a day. You're just quickly washing your hands over and over and over again. You made a really good point to me before I bought mine that was a problem So, because at the time, five years ago, there was enough data. Like people out there were saying, oh, it's not that great. Like I got one and I was unhappy and you made a really good point to me. You said they have the wrong size. You know, you made it clear the one that people are, or at least at that time, you said, whatever they're saying you should get in the guide, we're going to upsize it by one. And I think that information was critical because I ended up referring a lot of my friends and saying, hey, if you're going to get a hot water tank, here's what I'm experiencing. And it was that information 
that was so pivotal. Um, yeah, I don't actually remember that conversation. <laughs> um, I'm glad it worked out for you. But yeah, I mean, I, I do find that in plumbing in general, people, uh, they don't err on the side of caution. They're usually erring on the side of saving as much money as possible up front. And that's not always the case when you have a water heater, which is going to last you for 10 to 15 years. By the time you stretch that out, you know, you have to take into consideration how are you actually going to be using the unit. And most of the time, people's complaints about the old water heater, the old tankless water heaters, could be solved by upsizing the unit, which just meant that it now has the capacity to heat faster. Today, the units that we're installing are actually even more advanced than even the unit that you have. And they come with pumps and buffer tanks and recirculation timers so that the water is kept hot for, for longer periods of time before and after you use it in order to make sure that you don't get hit with cold water sandwich or, you know, your temperature drops drastically and then comes back up or you know your wife gets in the shower after the fact and now your hot water heater has to spool up again even though it was two minutes later so they've gotten even better today at making at making the use of a tankless more comfortable can we talk a little bit now about the environmental aspect you said that that's the one that people go for they're not looking at the savings they're looking at the environmental aspect or did i get that wrong i i would say you know the people who are buying it for sure buying it immediately those are the kinds of people who are thinking about the environmental impact they're thinking about well i'd rather not waste energy blasting exhaust gases into the atmosphere from a tanked water heater which is just sitting there heating water that i'm not even using right now yeah i might use it later but i'm not using it right now and they feel very strongly about going to more efficient ways of heating their water, which tankless is a much more efficient way of heating a home's water. And I, I, I don't have the environmental impact studies, and I don't have any statistics to you know prove or disprove that they are drastically different, but I find that any customer who is very gung-ho about switching, they are doing it because of the environmental impacts more than they are for the monetary savings. I think one of the points that I, I want to dig into here or just ex explore is the difference of what a traditional hot water tank does is it just, it fires on the regular to make sure the tank is, has hot water in it, right? So you're randomly using electric power and gas whether you have the hot water on or not, and then you're you're venting to the exterior the gases from that, right? And what what you're getting as a benefit from the tankless is you're not doing that. And and this was the term you used before was on demand. Now it's only firing when you need it. So you're not using gas or electricity or venting any or, or doing any off gassing until you actually need it. So it's it's not useless cycling of the machine is that correct yeah that's right especially for like we mentioned vacation mode before the reason that the vacation mode exists on power vented water heaters is because people going away on vacation don't want to heat that water up to 140 degrees fahrenheit but you can't turn it off turning off your hot water heater is just as bad if not worse for the hot water heater 
than having it cycling a little bit here and there. And that's where that vacation mode comes in. So yes, your hot water heater, a tanked water heater, heats the water up to 140 degrees Fahrenheit, and then we'll have a temperature range with which it will allow it to drop, usually 132 Fahrenheit. So it will allow it to drop down to 132, then it'll heat it back up to 140, and it'll continue to do that all day, all night, whether you use the water or not. And that's what you're saving. You're saving not heating the water over and over and over again that you're just not using because you happen to be staying at your in-laws for a week. Even, you know, going to stay in a hotel for a few days, you know, it's, it's always heating. Your tankless doesn't operate at all. Your, um, your regular drummed hot water tank, can you put that on a timer so that it doesn't fire at night? Or is there, or is it internally, is there a thermostat that says once it hits this temperature, we fire up again to be sure? Like, is there a way to make your existing hot water tank more environmentally friendly? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't have the like actual answer to that question because I don't again I don't have those studies in front of me but I would have to assume that you would gain a benefit by not allowing it to run at night. And again, an electrician could 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 essentially splice in a simple timer in between the electrical cord or in between the plug and the house power in order to have it shut off at let's say midnight and it just would not receive power between midnight and 6am or something. I think too, I've seen blankets insulation, like blankets you can wrap around your hot water tank to have the internal temperature maintained higher or have the, the and those are older units. My mom bought one. So my mom is 80. This is a long time ago. I don't know if the new units are better insulated to protect against that. Much better insulated. Are they? Yeah. Yes. So like if a, if a unit is old enough, 20 plus years, it might have a half inch of insulation. Um, these days, a water heater will have two inches of insulation. And this is like proper spray foam style insulation pumped into the jacket. So, I mean, they're far and away better at maintaining their heat than they ever were. Adding a jacket to it would probably only help that. I don't know by how much, but certainly mm -hmm. if that's something you're willing to invest in, it can't hurt having an extra layer of insulation around it. But one thing to note too about the timer at night is that the water heater does take time to heat the water. So you can't just, oh, well, I get up at 6 a.m. So I'll have the unit turn on at 6 a.m. You can do that with a tankless, but you can't do that with a tanked. It's going to take an hour to get you hot water, even if it is a power vent. So you'd have to have it turn on at 5 a.m., which potentially it could work out that even if you turn the electricity off, it doesn't fire anyway between those hours because you're not adding any cold water and potentially the insulation is good enough that it's not actually losing enough heat to turn on until 5 a.m. anyway. All right, Keegan. Well, I want to I wanna say thanks for doing this. I got a lot more questions about other stuff I want to do with you, but I'm sure uh, your boss, Russ, would like you to get back to work. Yeah, no problem. I hope this episode helped you learn a little bit more about your hot water tank and how important it is to maintain it. I personally am about to book an appointment to get Cornerstone Trade Solutions in to clean my tankless system because it probably desperately needs it by the sounds of it. 
If you enjoyed this episode or got something from it, please leave a like and a follow. It would be greatly appreciated. Special thanks to Keegan and Cornerstone Trade Solutions for their time. We'll be talking more with Cornerstone Trade Solutions in the future about water softeners, air conditioners, and a whole slew of renovation topics. If you're interested in more topics, check out our library of content on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you take in your podcast. Take care, and thanks for listening.